0: Hi, I'm Shania. And I'm Evita. You are listening to the 13th episode of Making It: Woman in Film. A podcast where we sit down with women working in the film and TV industry to talk about their journey, experiences, advice, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera.
1: In today's episode, we're going to be talking with entrepreneurs, Andre Vaneste and Avery Luce, who have both started up their own film companies. Let's get into it.
0: And so we are here with Ambre. Oh, uh, is that how you say it? Um, Ambre. I don't know. I'm, I'm bad French. <laughs> you can call me Amber if you want. <laughs> and joining us all the way from Belgium. We're like, how are you? How are you doing over there? How's it
2: been? It's pretty good. The weather's not great, but apart from that, <laughs> we can story. relate to that. Yeah. We stay home anyway, right? So
1: that's it. <laughs> Do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? I know that you study at SAE in Brussels and I study here in Glasgow. So that's a bit of a coincidence. Do you want to tell us your journey into filmmaking? Yes, sure. So, um, well, first I was born in France,
2: so I spent most of my life in France. Um, and I really loved filmmaking uh, in uh, high school. I had this option in my high school where we discovered filmmaking. And I'm especially, I would say, a screenwriter. I really love screenwriting. Uh, I think uh, Evita likes it as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> And uh, so I wanted uh, to go into filmmaking with my studies, you know. So I decided to go to Brussels because uh, there was an SAE in Paris, but they didn't do English courses, and I wanted to do English courses. So I went to Brussels, and I'm half Belgian, so I also went there because I really like the city. It's great. And uh, now I'm, I'm on my second year of filmmaking at SAE. It's going good, and um, I'm, I'm definitely specializing in, uh, in screenwriting and directing. That's what I do the most. I have a short film that is coming up uh, in end of October. It's a horror short film. I, horror is my favorite genre. I really like it. <laughs> but I also love romance, which is kind of ironic. That's my two favorite <laughs> genres. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I have a couple of projects coming up for school and also personal stuff. And I also uh, really like business and management. So I created this, uh, this website called Indie Clips, which is basically a Netflix, but for short films only. So it's really to promote short films and independent filmmakers who want to get a little more famous. Uh, it's, it's all about promoting short films. Yes.
0: I love that so much, because I don't think I've ever heard about a website that's like dedicated to short films. But it's such a good idea. So can you tell us about how you got that idea and how that then actually became Indieclips.com? Like how, how did that all come together?
2: So the idea first really came when I was doing some research for a paper actually for school which was about comparing Netflix and streaming platforms with the cinema industry and uh, trying to find their impacts on cinema industry. And I realized that uh, Netflix is a great way to promote films, uh, especially now, you know, that you can't really go to cinemas to enjoy them that much as before. Uh, Netflix is a great alternative and uh, it works really well. So I was thinking, why not do the same kind of uh, idea, but with short films, because uh, I, as a filmmaker, I think we all know as filmmakers that short films are very much appreciated by filmmakers, but not too much popular um, by the audience in general, like most people um, watch um, feature films, but less short films. So I was thinking that uh, if we could make short films a little more popular and accessible to any audience. That would be great, you know, and it would be great for the, the actual filmmakers who did the, these short films so that they can get remunerated for their job. So Indieclips is uh, something. There's other streaming platforms that exist for short films only. Um, Indieclips is about remunerating the people. So there's a monthly subscription. And uh, the subscribers pay either a a basic subscription, either a gold one. The gold one uh, makes it accessible for them to watch BTS uh, tutorials. It's really for the the passionate filmmakers, you know. And uh, the money goes back to the directors of the short films. And also to Indieclips so that Indieclips will be in the future capable of doing its own productions, just like Netflix works really, it's, uh,
1: you can do that with Indieclips. That's amazing, that's such a smart idea. Um, the website looks super professional and it's really easy to manage, so how long did it take to set all that up and officially launch it all? So the website is, uh, uh, it's my brother uh, Cyril, uh, my,
2: um, my uh, big brother, he works on it and um, what he did is he bought a template and from that template we just uh, put all of our content on and we are changing stuff because sometimes stuff doesn't work, etc. And I would say even now, the website is not 100% complete because we have other ideas. We work on it together. And we would like to add a little, for example, a blog part where people can share their ideas on the film, etc. So we're still developing it, I would say. But yes, uh, my brother worked on it. He is... uh, specialized in um, he creates a lot of uh, websites so he really knows what he's doing so he's been a great help for me on that and uh, he's very good in business and management as well because he has a master in that so he he helps me a lot with that as well so yeah um, I really like the website as well and um, I think uh, it's yeah I think it's nice and (laughs) It's like super smooth. Um, Wait, so just going back,
0: have you like been working on this during COVID? Did you come up with it like in the beginning or how how has COVID affected the making of Indie Clips?
2: Well, the Indie Clips really starting uh it really started in covid you know mm. <laughs> uh because i we had the idea with my brother um in december last year but the time it took for us to just make the the website you know and uh, work on that and make a business plan and uh, etc uh we really started doing it in uh, april <laughs> and so um basically i find the short films by looking up doing a lot of research Uh, i use social media a lot because uh, the artists all like they often publish their work on social media so i just contact them via instagram or something and i and i ask them if they want to do a partnership with me so for now of course uh, the website is really not well known. So it's, it's most about partnerships. The directors that are on my website are not yet remunerated. They are helping me uh, show what the website can do. And in the future, they will be remunerated uh, once we have uh, more subscribers. And I actually had that partnership with uh, a filmmaker that you, that you had on your podcast. Yes. Uh, yes Amelia Nash. I have two of her short films on my website and uh, she's been a great help for me because her, her short films are really nice. Uh, they won, one of them won a couple of festivals and I really like having uh, good content, you know, quality content on my website. And that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was going to ask, actually, uh,
0: you have like such a wide variety of genres available. Like, as you said, horror and romance, you know, it's not so niche. And how do the filmmakers most often react when you ask about it? Because I can imagine with short films, the the as you were talking about, it's not generally appreciated that much by the general audience, but film lovers, we love short films and we love... It, it, they're often a part of festivals but then kind of they don't really end up in that many places they kind of just float around so I can imagine being like asked like hey I have a home for your short film like how has how the response generally been from the filmmakers you've been in contact with
2: yeah most of the times I've had very positive uh, reactions for example just today I uploaded a short film from a young French filmmaker who won a Cannes Pockets festival so it's uh, it's really great. He was very surprised, really, that I came to reach out for him. Um, but uh, most of the times, people react really smooth. Uh, but sometimes, uh, people tell me that they can't upload it on my um, website either because they are still competing for short uh, like festivals, of course. Or sometimes it's because they are already on other streaming platforms, because it exists, of course, and uh, some streaming platforms require, um, how do you say that in English, they really require them to be unique, you know, only on their platforms while on Indieclips, I don't require that at all, like the, the the short film can already be on YouTube, Vimeo, any other streaming platform, it's okay because the point of Indieclips is just that um, we make a selection for the, the audience, so it doesn't matter if you can find it somewhere else, it's more about we found this for you and we allow you to watch it, you know, <laughs> that's uh,
1: That's really cool and I was wondering with making this website, what has been the most challenging part for you?
2: The the most challenging is really to find the content I would say because in the subscriptions you can actually become one of the artistic directors that choose the short films. Uh, But for now I'm only doing this with uh, very close friends of mine uh, at the SAE. So we are a very small team to choose the the content. So I would say it really requires a lot of work and a very good advice I would have to give to anyone who wants to do the same is to really have a planning and to really work on this every chance you get to work on it several times a week. You can't just be like once a week, I'm going to do that. You know, it requires really constant work. So I would say that's the most challenging for now. I think my brother has a lot of challenges on the website itself. (laughs) Good luck to him on that, (laughs) but yeah. And what would you say has been the most rewarding
0: or the thing that you've learned the most from during all of this?
2: Well, um, I'm I'm really glad of the support that I get from uh, my friends, even friends that really have had at least no interest in short films before. Uh, They told me they really liked the website and it really gave them interest in that. So that has been very rewarding. And uh, I I think it's a great experience for me because I have never done that before. and uh, it's it's really a great experience because it's a work. It's really work. Uh, you have to work on it uh, very frequently. And actually, I would like, when I finish SAE, I would like to go on to um, a school that does creative industries uh, business, you know, to really learn more about that because I think it's very fascinating. It really mixes uh, my passion for creativity and business. You know, I have those two sides that I like to, to join. So it's been great.
1: That's amazing. And with Indie Clips, what, what do you see for it in the future? What are your goals for it?
2: Um, my goals for it in the future. Well, so firstly, uh, my first goal would be to have enough subscribers to remunerate the directors. Uh, that's the first step. Then second step would be to have enough uh, subscribers to actually have a uh, clips uh, budget and uh, for all that is um, uh, publicity, of course, making more ads, being more popular. And, you know, uh, once we have uh, an actual budget for uh, Indie Clips productions, that would be the dream because then I, I even get to employ people uh, when I see that they have the talent and I really like their film, I can actually produce it uh, within the clips. And I think it can create great things uh, in the future. Definitely. What I love
0: about this, um, it's just, we need more women and uh, other underrepresented groups in the film industry who are taking these things into their own hands and making companies like you are where you can really celebrate and promote other artists. It's such a great concept because as you were talking about with especially short films, which is a way that so many filmmakers start out, um, There's not really that much ground to it, but with a platform here where people can go and find them, it's just, there's something really uh, lovely about knowing that these things are being made and that we're going to be seeing so much more support for uh, indie filmmakers. Um, Now... About like being an entrepreneur, we got a question from one of our listeners, uh, and she was wondering how you made yourself really commit to this. Like, How did you fight through, and what advice would you have for anyone out there who might be doubting whether or not their ideas are good enough to become like a proper company?
2: Oh, all right. So I would say um, you really need to trust your ideas, because everyone has ideas. There's lots of different stuff, and you can uh come with one simple idea and it's going to evolve anyway you're not going to stick on the same thing and it's no problem um you can create as much as you want if it doesn't work you move on to the next thing and i think that anyway if you have an idea that you love you can work on it you can take your time on it no one is rushing you to make it in uh, 3 months you know so Take time and very important thing um, thing is to be surrounded by people who support you um, as much as possible. This is very important, Uh, especially as you're saying, women in filmmaking and in business industries, um, it's, uh, it's not as easy, I would say, for us because of some judgments sometimes and um, I noticed that as well even with my own friends sometimes and I would say the most important is to only keep the positive stuff and, uh, and evolve on that you know. Uh, I think another question was, how do I keep track uh, of what I'm doing? Uh, I would say uh, I'm a very, very, uh, I love plannings, I'm very organized. And uh, I think in the end it will pay off, even though it's very annoying, you know, you keep looking at your planning, I got to do this today, but that's like the, first advice, of course, is to stick to a planning. That's the first thing they also teach you. If you go to a business class or a management class, they, they will tell you it's all about, uh, planning, you know, your work and having goals. Of course, uh, you can set uh, goals for yourself in one month. I have, uh, that much films on clips. you know, uh, that's what I do as well. And, uh, yeah. If you do that, you will see results. But again, uh, for example, me, I'm, I'm very um, realistic. I, I don't think that Eclipse will be the big thing um, this year or next year. But it's all about long term. And as long as you keep seeing an evolution, you just got to keep patient and
1: realistic. And I think in the end, it will work out for you. I love that mindset, you know you can tell you're really going to get far in life with like that realistic mindset and all your hard work um, another question I do have like you said before um, to to an audience you know uh, most people don't watch short films so to the, the viewers uh, watching this and listening to this if you had to suggest a short film to them um, what would it be like what's your favourite short film hmm hmm
2: What's my favorite short film? Well, I'm trying to think because uh, in SAE we do look at uh, very good short films sometimes and uh, most of the times I just write them down, all of them, because I love them so much. Uh, But uh, my favorite short film uh, that I've seen lately, at least, was an animation short film. Uh, And I think animation is really good uh, sometimes, Uh, most of the time actually, I really like it. I have a friend who uh, studies animation and what she does is really fun. Um, and it was an animation about this little uh, dinosaur um, peluche, I don't know how you say it in English, just a teddy bear, you know, uh, who uh, lost his friend. And it, it really, it, it had all the, um, the structure of a good script, you know, and I really appreciated that. Uh, I, most of the times I love short films that have a very nice conflict in them. I think it's the most important thing because then you can have like not a very good camera, not very good actors etc, but I think if you have a very touching story behind it, uh, most of the times people care more, you know, of course, than just beautiful images that don't really appeal uh, to the, the emotions, so yeah.
0: definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, writing and like the script of a film is really this, it's the skeleton of the body, you know, like, if you have strong muscles, it doesn't matter if like your bones are broken. Um, so um this has been really, really inspiring. And I love I just, it's just, I just love seeing people being like, hey, I'm gonna do this um and and as you were saying like it's it's going to take time i've we've exper- we're doing it right now like with this podcast we we're just committing to it and being like we're going to make one every week we're going to post on instagram we're going to do this and then you know w- whatever the future brings uh will take but it's really about the commitment to it. Um, and this has been really good to talk with you about. Uh, we always ask about a, a woman who inspire you, whether that's in your personal professional life. Um, is there anyone you want to give a shout out? All right.
2: A woman who inspires me. Um, well... For now, I think um, I really like, a. Um, I discovered a woman who's a rapper and uh, her name, her name, uh, I can check it out real quick if you want. Um, I really like her spirits like uh, she has a song it really uh, it really uh, resumes what I just said it's about taking your time and not being stressed over what's going to happen next you just do your thing because in the end you don't really have time to hesitate in life her name is Coley. I think she's pretty famous already Uh, and she's really inspires me uh, lately you know She's been, uh, I remember my, my shooting, but it was not a long time ago for my short film. And sometimes there was like harsh times <laughs> where things didn't go exactly as planned. And I just listened to some of her raps and uh, it was inspiring to me.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. It's been a wonderful talking with you. And I think, you know, after hearing, you know, you, why you started up the website and you know what you do to maintain it and everything you know it's really inspiring and I hope all your hard work pays off because I I can tell you're going to be really successful in the future so I'm excited to see it for you Thank you. And I must say, I really like
2: your podcast and also your Instagram account. You can really see that uh, you guys are taking time on it. And uh, I like how you post very frequently. Like, this is a very good example, really, that you are committed to it and that you share very great information on it. So I think it's a great way to just keep going with a project and uh, it keeps evolving. So that you you guys are a great example to how to make something work, <laughs> really. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think patience is just everything. Um, yes. Like I was talking with a friend uh, not too long ago, and she was just like the the thing you have to realize is. Uh, The worst thing that can happen is that no one uh, notices and that's not even the worst thing. So, you know, you just you just have to shoot your shot um, and and just go for it. Is there
2: anything that you want to plug or promote where people can find you? Sure, sure. You can uh, find uh, IndieClips account on Instagram. It's IndieClipsFR. That's it and you can find so many news on on it and um, also if you go on IndieClips.com there is a subscribers place for people who want to watch movies but there is also a uh, content place where you can actually propose your content so if you are a filmmaker and have a short film that you would like to upload on IndieClips you can fill out a form that is on the website and I will look at it and I will upload it on my uh, website if I think the short film is interesting, so please don't hesitate. Uh, (laughs) Yes, that's it, really.
0: That's so cool. I know we have like so many uh, people who are just like starting out with filmmaking and I'm sure there's so many that have great short films. So um, yes, and go honestly, check that out.
2: I'm open to uh, a lot of different uh, short films uh, by uh, beginners, by students in filmmaking, by professionals who made their short films uh, independently. So, yeah, really uh, don't hesitate, guys. It's uh, I would love to promote uh, any short film. That's the point. So yeah
0: (laughs) all right we're here with Avery Luser uh joining us all the way from New York how are you doing over there
3: how's it been I'm doing good um it's it's better things are starting to open up again so um it's, it's good, the weather is nice. So, you know, that's, that's good. That's all we can ask for.
1: <laughs> Amazing, um, do you wanna start off by telling us a little about yourself? And then after that, we'll talk a little about Brave Mouse
3: first. So I am currently a sophomore at NYU Tisch for film and television. Um, I was originally born in Houston, Texas, so I traveled a little far for college. Um, but yes, and I, my sister, I have an older sister, she's two years older than me. She also goes to NYU and so she's, but she's in drama. So I use her a lot in a lot of my films, um, which is nice because uh, I have an actor on hand always and um, Yeah. So I grew up in Texas and just moved to New York for college, but I've been going to New York a long time with my family, um, growing up. And so it feels like a second home and, um, I got into film and television when I was in the sixth grade and randomly attended some f- photography camp at the high school that I eventually went to. I wasn't going there at the time and immediately just fell in love with the medium along with The Great Gatsby directed by Baz Luhrmann. That was like the first movie that got me hooked. So um, ever since then, I've just kind of been doing my thing and it's, it's been great. So that's just a little bit about me yeah I mean
0: when you first messaged me and I saw all the stuff you've been doing like a lot of film festival stuff can you tell us about just a little bit about that because uh, that's yeah. super impressive I think <laughs>
3: thank you um yeah no it, it's so weird I did the camp in the sixth grade and then I did it again in the seventh grade but it was really small it was just me and another one of my friends um, the girl who actually invited me to do the camp we did it again next year and it was just the two of us so I was really able to kind of focus on one film the whole time with a lot of mentorship from my teacher. And so that film that I made, I just randomly submitted to festivals just for fun. And it ended up getting into the National Film Festival for the Talented Youth. And that was kind of like my first dip into the festival scene. Um, and then since then, ever, ever, and anytime I um, make a film, I'll just submit it for fun because you never you never really know so anytime i've gotten into a festival it's always just kind of been on a on a whim and kind of on fingers crossed you know um and i it's really it's really really cool and a wonderful experience no matter how big or small the festival is to just be able to see your work on the screen it's kind of like a surreal experience um so big or small i always enjoy going to festivals i think it's really fun and um, I'm just really grateful that I've gotten to go to so many and have those opportunities. So,
0: yeah. Uh, oh, so cool. Um, I know you've also done like documentary stuff, um, which has been like recognized by the CBS and ABC. But now, first of all, I just want to say congratulations on the launch of Brave Mouse,
3: which launched yesterday. It must have been surreal. Yes, it was, it was wild. Thank you. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know, it just feels like a pro- professional kind of extension of what I've always been doing, so I don't think I've, like, let it kind of sink in that it's an actual, you know, company, um, so I, yeah, it's still very surreal, and um, I'm just excited to get to work on the projects. We already have a bunch in the works, so I'm just ready to kind of press the gas and get
1: going, so Yeah you want to tell us how that idea came around and how you turned that idea into a company? Yeah, so
3: I, it actually, I don't know. I've always, um, Brave Mouse has always just kind of been like, that phrase has always been like in my vocabulary. I'm not exactly sure why, but ever since I was really little, it was always just like, oh yeah, well that's, that's going to be your production company one day. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. So, but then I, um, I, when I really thought about it, Brave is a combination of mine and my sister's name. Her name is Brock. And so you have Brock plus Avery, which is brave. And then I'm also like the biggest Disney fan ever. So Mouse is kind of like my homage to um, the Walt Disney Company. And so then I have Brave Mouse. And I actually, I it was always just kind of back there, but I never thought about, you know, actually starting it until more recently. Um, when I was in high school, which was, I mean, just, like two years ago. So um, I made a film about being like the only girl in my in my film class because I, I was for a majority of the time in my high school, I was the only girl in my film class. And so I made a film about, you know, those fun experiences that I had being the only girl. And um, it was totally just banned from screening at the school because it was viewed to be um like a derogatory kind of point of view on the program uh even though all of my stories were true and i kind of got in trouble for it which didn't really seem right um considering they were all true stories from my perspective that i actually experienced and um since then I kind of just was like you know what well instead of feeling sorry for myself about this film never actually being what it was promised to be I need to actually take action and do steps to support those stories of those women that are probably going are probably you know just as suppressed and are as suppressed as you know my short little film. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start Brave Mouth. It's always been there, and I just need to do it. So I, that's kind of what pushed me to get the get the ball rolling and get started. Because I I figured more stories like mine that have not been allowed to been put out there needed to be put out there. So that's just how it how it how I um, just kind of decided to do it. So yeah.
0: Wow, I mean, that's kind of shocking. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Um uh, Did they, was that where they're just like, oh, like, you can't show this? They didn't take any of it actually to heart, like, realizing?
3: Yeah, they, they were, um, It's funny because I I wrote the script and everything and did the shot list and I gave it to, you know, the administration and everything and said, this is what I'm doing, you know, to get approval. And they were like, great, that's awesome. So I got everything approved before I even made the film. So it was quite shocking when um, all of it was just kind of told that it wasn't allowed to show i yeah i got called into an office with um two men and they were just telling me that um it was just not an appropriate perspective on the program and which was quite it was shocking but um i it was it, it hurt me a lot to be honest um but I ended up putting it on, you know, my own platforms and it got good feedback um, because everyone who saw it knew that those stories were true. Um, So I eventually got over it. I'm honestly, even though it was tough, I um, am grateful for the experience because I was able to, you know, put my stuff out there anyway. And then it allowed me to be kind of brave enough to start this company. So without that experience, I probably wouldn't have started Brave Mouse. So to be thankful for it even though it hurt during during the time so
1: and starting this company how did COVID affect it did it affect it at all or did it help it because you had more time on your hands perhaps
3: yeah so I um uh, yeah I had more time definitely to kind of get my act together and figure out exactly what I was going to do Um, because I started, you know, building the website, working on the mission, all that stuff um, over the summer when there was really nothing to do because we were all on lockdown. Um, So that was definitely helpful. Um, And then in terms of the projects, actually like the, one of our film and television projects currently in the works, we actually shot that over COVID. Um, we shot the first episode of the miniseries during coronavirus um, in the summer, so kind of during the heat of it, but we were able to figure out how to do it safely, um, social distance masks, all that kind of stuff, which was actually good practice because now that I'm in school, um, we're having to shoot all our films the same way, so I was able to kind of dip my toe in the water of what that world is going to look like before I was kind of pushed into it um, with all of my projects at NYU. Um, So it's definitely been a learning experience and it has helped time-wise and I've been able to connect like with you guys. I feel like um, if COVID hadn't happened, I probably wouldn't even be able to connect with you all because everyone's doing Zoom and everyone's schedules are a lot, you know, there's a lot more free time and so I am honestly just so grateful for that being able to connect with people that I haven't been able to in years because of our physical locations or schedules or anything like that so that's been very nice oh totally I feel like like I'm not this is not about coronavirus in general but the
0: situation it has put us in where we have to think differently like the fact that I can just like call you all the way from New York and we can talk like that's right. not something I would have thought of before but now it's just natural um right. and also, like with shooting, once you like, if you can shoot socially distanced, then you know you can kind of do it all, you know, um, and you develop all those skills. Um, now, do you want to talk about the mission of Brave Mouse? Because what you're doing is so inspiring. I know you have like a 51% rule in productions, um, and your focus is on female-led narratives. So, um, just tell
3: us tell us about that. Yeah, um, so yes, there is a 51% minimum requirement for women in production on all of our productions, whether it be film and television, any photography, web design, writing, any of that. Um, and the reason that I made that such such a harsh kind of requirement is because I feel like a lot of, um, you know, organizations companies whatever they may be say you know we strive to do x y or z and sometimes that doesn't always come through and um it's not it's not their fault or anything i just wanted to make sure that Brave Mouse had a tangible objective and a tangible way to enact change for women in production rather than just saying, you know, well, we strive to have more females. It's like, no, we require that we have X behind the scenes um, so that we are constantly and tangibly creating that change for women behind the camera rather than just saying we promise to do X, Y, or Z because promises, you know, they're not guaranteed. So um that was my main reasoning behind putting a number to it um i also think that like so much of the movement in hollywood that has been so female focused has been Focused A lot of the attention has been put on the actor's perspective, which I do think is very important, obviously, and their experiences are so valid and they break my heart. However, I think it's important that we bring attention to and shed light on the experiences of the women behind the scenes because they are just as important. And I feel like they get overshadowed a lot. So I'm trying to bring that attention on to the women behind the scenes by inst- having that requirement, but also realizing that female, authentic female narratives are extremely important and are missing. And so, having, telling female led narratives also um, you kind of sheds a light on that as well. So, kind of merging two sides together and trying to do it in a tangible way. Yeah,
0: I, I think, like just as you were saying, it, it all intersects. Like, the way an actress is being treated intersects with the way the entire production is functioning when you have more women behind the scenes you're going to have a more comfortable experience for the women in front like it's that's just how it works um especially when it comes to more intimate scenes and more vulnerable scenes then that can really have an effect on how it it's done. Um, so I think that's incredibly important. And I love the fact that you were so stern just putting a number on it, because we're seeing a lot of people saying we will do better or as you say, strive, but what does that mean? Cause you right. can strive and then still not achieve anything that, you know, so uh,
3: right. props I, to you. I, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I feel like it's just kind of, it's hard, I mean, in anything that you're like, oh, I need to do this. It's like, it's hard to kind of see that through. So if you create a rule, you can't, there's no way getting around it. So, and hopefully that will just become, I mean, to me, it's natural. Like any, any set that I've ever run, has always been probably majority female or diverse in terms of, you know, you know, gender or race or age, whatever it may be. And so I'm hoping that if people start, you know, putting numbers to it or whatever it may be, that it will just become the natural way of thinking as it should be, which it's crazy that it's not, but um, hopefully it'll just translate naturally into everything that we do, not just film and television. so.
1: Yeah, I just actually came from set and it was all women and it was so empowering. So I think we definitely need young minds like you and myself and Adita who are putting, you know, representation and diversity, you know, at the front of our productions. And, um, with that, um, with brave mouths, what are your goals for the future, um, with your company? Yeah. um, So
3: my goal for Brave Mouse, short-term goal is just, I have short-term and long-term goal. So my short-term goal would just be to accumulate a, a portfolio of authentic female stories which sounds very vague but i think a lot of the times one of my issues with kind of mainstream media platforms is that the stories being told of women are always the loudest stories and i want to focus on the stories of the the woman just you know trying to do good and the woman who you know is not the loudest in the room and um, trying to portray the softer side of that um, in all of other things that we do. Um, so that would be like a short-term goal just to kind of accumulate that um, and get more projects and see see amazing uh, creators' visions from start to finish and be able to collaborate with different people all over the world. I mean that would be incredible. Um, Long-term goal, which um, is I, yeah, I just finished um, compl- I just finished writing my first screenplay, and so a long-term goal, a feature-length screenplay. So, a long-term goal would be for Brave Mouse to produce that um, eventually, uh, which would would be a dream come true. Um, but again, focusing on finding people. You know, outside of my circle and just getting to know other collaborators other collaborators, and other people who kind of have the same goals in me as mine and just getting those stories out there as much as we can because um, I feel like there's a gap and that gap needs to be filled. So hopefully Brave Mouse can help fill that gap with other people. So,
0: Definitely. Well, we've been talking about a lot like throughout this podcast is how important it is to have uh, women in like you know the CEO executive producing positions because that's how uh, creative decisions are ultimately decided on Um, now what has been the most valuable lesson that you've learned throughout all of this in the past few months
3: this sounds very cheesy but it's very true (laughs) The most valuable lesson that I have learned is just to, is to be brave, which sounds so cheesy, but I, cause you know, brave mouse, whatever, but, um, it's just so part of like who I, and I'm not perfect, obviously it's just being brave is so much of a part of what I want to be and what I try to be because, um, and I, I hope that everyone will, have the confidence to be brave enough to put their stories out there and to you know say that they can fill those executive positions or those you know head creative positions um and just to be like the first person to reach out to other people, to help other people, and to collaborate with other people, I think is so important. And I think so often, you know, especially as women, we're afraid of what will happen if we put ourselves out there by the people in power. And I would just hope that as the times are shifting, that we would all feel more brave to, to put our stories out there because there are more people, you know, like me, like you two also that are looking for those people and looking for those stories. And so the more that we put ourselves out there, um, I think the more our stories will be brought to light, which I just, that is what I've learned is that you have to be confident and brave to take those next steps, despite whatever failure could be ahead of you. Um, failure brings growth. So it's not the end of the world. You just have to be kind of brave enough to put yourself out there. So That's the most important lesson I've learned.
1: That's amazing. And with young people, young women in particular, who maybe want to start their own production company as well, what advice would you give them in terms of that? That's a great question. I, I would probably say
3: be confident in the stories that you want to tell because whatever company that you wish to create, whatever production company you wish to create, um, the mission has to be true and authentic to you and the stories you want to put out there and um, what you want to see. Otherwise, you know, other people could do it and it doesn't make it unique to you. So I always kind of ask the question, like, why do I have to do this now? And why am I the only person that can do this? And by doing that with Brave Mouse, you know, obviously I'm not the only person trying to empower women, but you know what I'm saying. Um, by doing that with Brave Mouse, I find myself a lot more passionate and a lot more, a lot more brave to do stuff. And um, I feel like I can put authentic versions of at least what I wanna see um, in the media out there because I know what I'm trying to do. So I would just say to them, uh, know what you want to say and then say it with all the confidence in the world and do it because no one's going to hold you back except yourself. So that would
0: be my biggest piece of advice. In terms of making your own companies, you just, you have to find the right people. You have to find your people. Um, and then you can create some really good stuff. Like, I don't know if you, throughout the creating of this company, have experienced that kind of belittlement maybe from other sources or uh, if, if you have, um, have, have, how did you kind of find your confidence
3: again? Yeah, um, it's funny because I, before I formed Brave Mouse, I've kind of made Brave Mouse a media company that encompasses everything that I love to do. And so before that I was, you know, designing websites, but like just for myself or for other people, but not under any sort of label. And it's funny because I did get messages from some uh, men over social media during quarantine, you know, criticizing me for like charging too high for what I do or when, when it came to web design um, or like I would put stuff out there, you know, about being safe during COVID and wearing a mask. And I would get these messages again, unfortunately, from men saying, you know, well, if you believe this, then why don't you believe that? Just kind of testing me. And so I kind of reached, it sounds bad, but I've kind of reached a boiling point where I was like, I just need to solidify this under a company's name so that it kind of takes the, like my, the personal repercussions out of it, which um, I would have formed Brave Mouse regardless, but Brave Mouse also kind of serves as a protection for me to kind of say, yeah, this is what I do. And it's serious because it's a company now and I don't have to get the personal kind of repercussions from saying that I'm charging too high for being a woman, you know, trying to create work for herself. Um, So I, yeah. And Brave Mouse just kind of gave me that, you know, stamp of like, she's serious. And I mean, it's sad that we have to do stuff like that for people to get us to take us seriously. I mean, that shouldn't be the case, but I feel like unfortunately nine times out of 10 that is. And so hopefully Brave Mouse and what you all are doing will be a small step in keeping that from being the case for future generations, so.
0: Again, bringing it back to taking it into our own hands, um, it's such an important thing, Um, because going to, you know, people and asking them for permission, that just, uh, no more, Uh, no more. We're not not going to ask for permission anymore. Um, So what you're doing is fucking awesome.
3: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> but you also said too you also said you know finding the right group of people too because there are those people that are out there and it's funny because on my website I have for Brave Mouse I have like a resources tab and it's like um, it, it's just full of people because I feel like when people think of resources they think of you know expensive fancy equipment whatever but it takes good people to tell good stories so I kind of have my network on Brave Mouse hopefully so that I can connect them to other amazing wonderful collaborators them on projects and stuff like that, but um, I've had some people ask me, because I do have two guys on there who I literally trust with all of my being in terms of, like, collaboration and art and all that kind of stuff, and people have asked me, like, well, you know, this is, you're focusing on women empowerment, but yet you're suggesting that I work with, you know, these two guys on your resources tab, and I'm like, yeah, but they, like, it's all about finding people, because they're all men out there who do believe in women and do support women um and in achieving their success and being in those high power positions and it's just finding them and then when you do you got to hold on tight to them because they're going to help you um kind of see your vision through so it's just funny because people have asked me they're like why do you have eyes on there i'm like because they believe they do there are people out there um so mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of funny yeah
0: no that's super important too uh now we always ask about uh um, women whether in your personal or professional life uh, who inspire you is there anyone you want to give a shout out
3: oh that's such a good question i okay personally this my sister and my mom in terms of women they're just they inspire me every day my my sister she is constantly working and constantly and same with my mom um encouraging me to take these next steps um, and to fight back and fight for my voice. They've always encouraged me to do that. Um, And I probably wouldn't do it without their encouragement. And um, in terms of like other female filmmakers, um, Greta Gerwig is a huge inspiration for me because I saw Lady Bird and I was literally like, that is an authentic female experience. There is no fluff to that, that is truth. And that was the first time that I had seen such an accurate portrayal of someone my age on the screen. Um, And I was just blown away. And I think she has so many amazing things to say about what it means to be a woman, especially a woman in a professional um, professional field. Um, So I really look up to her and admire her
1: everyone says great i feel like all our listeners will agree with you and i'm just gonna say thank you for coming on because you are such an inspiration you know being so young and starting your own production company we need more women like you and you know me you and you, you know young women in this industry are the ones that are going to change it so thank you for you know creating that change in your own way that's so sweet. Thank you. And you guys, too. I mean, everything
3: that you all are doing is incredible, especially I think like conversations like these need to happen between women in the same field. So I I really thank you guys for making not only this happen, but everything that I've done before. It's really incredible. Oh, of course. Um,
0: and where can people find you and how can they support Brave Mouse? Um,
3: I am... In New York, obviously, but I also go back to Texas, um, but I, their Brave Mouse's website has, we have all our emails, phone numbers, everything like that. Also on my website, there's my phone number and email, um, so people please reach out because I'm looking for collaborators and for future projects, so, um, and Because of this COVID world that we're in, I don't even think that there's a specific place. It can be from anywhere, which is amazing. So yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening. Any links and resources that we talked about can be found in the description box. If you want more content like this, please go join our community of women filmmakers over on Instagram at Making It Women in Film. We're posting lots of statistics, discussions, movie recommendations, and shout outs, all of that
1: you can also dm us any questions you have for our guests now if you like this episode don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one where we sit down with actress writer and producer and activist naomi mcdougall jones see you next week